You're listening to the Movie Coup Podcast. Tonight, we talk about Leon, the professional. He's a little Cajun, but I'll accept it. <laughs> hey, French, ca- French Cajun. You, no trouble. Me, You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Yes, I was wondering what would break first. Your spirit or your money. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. God is dead. This city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, Mr. Yes. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Dead fire and brimstone coming down from the sky. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes, the dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Welcome to the podcast. We're your host. I'm editor Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, cinematographer Jared Callen. How you doing, Brian? I am fine. Ready to put the head out on some people. Whoa. <laughs> well, he only means with like paintball gun, you know, because that's somewhat legal. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm still training. Is. I'm not. <laughs> I think that's legal He's still training. <laughs> <laughs> we also have with us costume designer Kristen Jones. Hello. Hello. Hey, hey. Here we are. Talking Leon the Professional or Leon. Just the professional if you watched it in the United States. And there are two I cuts watched, of this movie. Which which yeah, one did I watched you watch? The, the director's cut. Oh you did. Extended whatever, whatever. D- did you watch the other one too? The one on Netflix, yeah. Wait. The regular one on Netflix, yes, and then there are the extended there's like an extra thirty minutes in the other one. And you that's also on Netflix? No, that is not oh, on Netflix. You had to seek that out. <laughs> it's on nice. YouTube actually. Oh, cool. Yeah, I prefer the theatrical cut for this movie. Really? I kind of prefer the other one because there's, you know, besides all the icky stuff, there's like more like story stuff that they build, which is cool. Yeah, I don't I don't care about it. They don't yeah. I, I, well, I, I don't care about any of it. So I watched this a lot growing up and I remember a lot of the scenes that Netflix cut being on TV. When did I guess they did Netflix change that? I have no idea. Like, I've never even watched this on Netflix. I didn't watch it on Netflix this time. Yeah, I haven't oh. watched it on Netflix either. And and actually, I remember seeing some of the scenes as well. And I had seen it years and years ago, maybe when I was a teenager or early 20s. I'm not sure. But I've definitely seen a lot of it. Yeah, I, I remembered some of the scenes, but the, the theatrical cut, I probably have seen more. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of hard to differentiate. I think this was this must have been on like HBO or something. I don't have no idea oh, what it, had, it was on. Oh, it lived on HBO. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say I watched this all the time when I was a kid. It was one of my favorite movies, and maybe this movie. I feel like I'm just gonna say this. I feel like he is a better hitman than John Wick, and maybe this is where my um, high expectations come from. 
What? He is yeah. not he, a better hitman than John He's not Wick. a better hitman than John Wick. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. We can't actually know. So John Wick has like incredible stamina and just can't really seem to die. And we don't actually know that about Leon because um, he kind of just does the job and gets it done. And he doesn't, you know, he doesn't like fight literally Wait, every single person on. in the building uh, to do he this. He kills them all. <laughs> yeah, like Leon died in his first outing. John Wick made it to four. I would say... <sighs> The proof is in the pudding. No, I don't think so. Uh, come I disagree. on. Disagree. I don't know about this. <laughs> the entire time I was watching this after watching all those Wick movies, I was like, this guy moves really slow. Really? I was watching this and I was like, this is kind of better. Like the action scenes are not as like intricate and the dancing kung fu, I forget what word it was. But gun fu. Okay. Gun but <laughs> but I enjoyed this so much more. There's actually story in it. You actually care about the people. He's they're actually like there's it's funny and I the action is I mean there is yes again it's it's a different style but there's 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 really good action in this I thought. I like the style of this movie. I like the yeah. performances in this movie. I've never really been sold on the action in this film. Really? I thought all the gun stuff was really good and like all the excite I mean the, all the, the major like exciting moments play really really well they feel cool they look cool but it's not really like they're not really action set pieces like the only time you really have like a a gunfight is at the very very end of the movie when the SWAT team shows up I like that too and even then <laughs> they just kind of like get tricked and they get gunned down it's not really like a it's not really a gunfight it's not really an action scene you know what I mean it's, maybe it's better because of that yeah I mean it, I would say it's more realistic is it better I don't know yeah, it's a different style, I think. Yeah, it's, I, don't I don't know, know that you can argue one thing. is better than the other because they're just too different. It, it's styles. just clever in a different way, yeah. I guess. I did. This is not the same thing, but I really enjoyed the Leon's little like toolbox kit, and you and when um, Natalie Portman opened it up, and it just had like a bunch of guns stashed in there. Oh, that was good. I liked that a lot. It, I, I think that was so much more practical than. Um, you know, now we like lay out all the guns and put them in display with lights like they're a little museum um, and you have to smash the glass in case of an emergency gunfight. Um, but I really liked how he just kind of threw them all into his little purse. <laughs> it was that's, nice. a cu- that's a custom made box. <laughs> that's, that's an awesome gun box. It was really neat. It's also got a place for his milk, too. Dude, what the fuck is up with this milk? Is that because they're trying to make him feel more kid like or is it good for strong bones? Was this know. film sponsored by milk? All of these uh. things are possible because this was in the '90s when all of those Got Milk advertisements were coming out, and what are we calling this big dairy? Like, was was trying to get people to drink milk, well, so it's possible they paid them off. Um, and I think the intention. Well, this isn't a U.S. release, be... though. This is like a more oh. of a French finance movie, so like they wouldn't be trying to. They're 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 using the English language and casting English language actors in some of the roles to get American dollars, but this is a French production. They could have taken American dollars to make him drink milk. Um, but the other thing that I was going to say was, French oh, milk. yeah, I, French milk. <laughs> I think it French could have been that farmers. they wanted him to be whole, like a wholesome, childlike character uh, because uh, the guy said that he played him as a childlike character so that no one would interpret his intentions as sexual. Uh, however... Uh, I d- the only people I know who drink milk like that are people who work out a lot, and so may- I mean maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. Hmm. 
He's pretty active. Well, kind of. I don't know. Well, but yeah. I mean, he's always doing his setup so he can do his, like, you know, hiding in the ceiling type stuff. Yeah. Oh, like when he strapped him in to strap himself into the table so he could do his, like, pull-ups and stuff. Oh, yeah. That's he's, awesome. He's very active. Yeah. Yeah. Do setups, drink milk, kill people, <laughs> clean, clean your plant. He, he has a very fulfilling life. Yeah. Are, are shitty hotel rooms really that big in New York? I mean, maybe, maybe I'm going to the wrong hotels, but... Maybe you are. He did have a lot of rooms, like... Now that you're saying he was working out, like, yeah, he had a kitchen, he had a bedroom, he had another room, he had a little living room area. Like, holy crap, that's, like, huge. It was, like, a three-bedroom par- apartment in New York? Well, they, I mean, three-bedroom apartments exist in New York. I'm just saying. But, and but Was it a hotel or was it an apartment? I kept getting confused on that because he kept so going to hotels. You used, you used to be able to rent out rooms in hotels, which is what that's what I, that's why you're confused. He was renting it out, but it was a hotel room, but that used to be a thing you could do. Now you don't. No, that's they're fully furnished yeah. because when he goes to that um, the second place where Matilda says that he's her lover and they get kicked out of there when they go when they first get there there's a sign on the wall that says uh, fully furnished rooms to let yeah but that was part of like hotels would have like nightly rooms for some people but they would also have like a whole like floor or section of the building that was you could let for um, like months at a time yeah I don't know there's something again just like John Wick there's something with this cash flow issue here where Leon gets like $1,000 from Tony one time, and he acts like he's never received $1,000 before. And I'm just yeah. like, how are you paying for all this shit, bro? Like, I understand you just have your two fucking milk, and you're spraying your plant with water. But come the fuck on. Like, like what is going on here? You got paid $5,000 a head, and you got $1,000 bills? And he's acting like it's, I don't know, doing him a favor. It's like, bitch, you owe me that money. Yeah, well, that's how he scams them. But there were so many times in this movie where I got confused about what year it was. Yeah, okay. I, I think that. it was trying to be early 90s, was it not? I think it yeah. was. But I think, I mean, you know, when Leon goes to the cinema and watches um, the, the, the Singing in the Rain. Oh, um, that's true. And Natalie Portman knows who the fuck Charlie Chaplin is. Like, who the right. Fuck? Like there's there's a lot. And, oh, no, and then, yes, you know, a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars is a lot. And like there's a lot of things in here where you're just like, wait, what year is this? <laughs> I, I did look it up. And in, in, in 1994, five thousand dollars is about a little over 10 grand today. So that's what he was getting paid to, to kill people. Damn. I don't know. That's he needs a raise. <laughs> yeah. He does. All the work he was doing? I mean, whew. Even, like, sewing up his own bullet wounds and <laughs> and all that. He takes care of it all. He's got to kill one guy, and then he's got to hop in a vent, crawl down a vent to another room, you know, choke a guy. It's a lot of work, man. Yeah. That's why he drinks the milk. <laughs> he was able to afford, a uh, like, a holster for his bolt cutters, which plays in the extended cut but does not play in the theatrical cut. There's a lot of things that don't play in the theatrical cut and man i dude i think i think the movie's better for it like i I've, I've always um watched the movie and when he, when he goes and sees tony tony implies that you know he came to him uh and he, when he was in trouble when he's young man john reno's character and it was because of a woman i like it just left at that i don't want the backstory later and when like uh john renault gives matilda the fucking um natalie portman he gives her the the dress I don't want to see that fucking payoff. Just give her the fucking dress, dude, and just leave it at that. Like, all this extra... It, all of it makes Matilda look like a fucking psycho bitch. Mm-hmm. Like, a little harsh. No, she looks like a psychopath in the international version. She's going out, like, 
helping this motherfucker like plan hits. Yeah. She's not an innocent little girl. She's like a straight up co-conspirator at this point. <laughs> yeah. No, she, she's in on it. That's what she, she wanted. So that's why I kind of like the, that cut more because there's more of them going out and, and doing the job because that's what she's wanting to do. Like, and so he Jared, goes I would in agree and, with you if it was more than just them cutting uh, people's chain locks in a montage yeah, sequence. Yeah. You don't ever get to actually see any kills really except for that one that was really amusing where they go in and the dude's like got a, a drug lab in there. And then, and then she make they make him go stand by the window, and then she, she fucking like shoots him. And he's like, no, 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 you got to aim a little higher, you know. Like, I, I think that was great. <laughs> he's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? You know, that, that's that's pretty awesome. Uh, I, I wish there was more of that. Well, I think my favorite scene that was um, cut for the American audiences is after that, after they're celebrating her first kill, if you will, they go to a restaurant and somehow, what does she have? Champagne. It looks like she's drinking champagne in, in this restaurant. And she has this whole thing where she's just trying, her whole shtick is that she's trying to appear older than she is. And she's acting the way she's seen her mother and her sister act because this is how women act. And so she's trying so hard to act like this. And then she drinks and she burps and she just laughs and it's the most child <laughs> It is like so uncomfortable. <laughs> and that's when I think that really hits you that like, this is a little girl. <laughs> like she may be acting like crazy and sexual and violent and all of this stuff, but she is a child and has no idea what she's doing. Yeah. I like how nobody in that restaurant reacts. Like <laughs> what the absolute fuck? <laughs> you, you've got like a kid over there slamming alcohol and nobody, even the server comes over and he's like, all right, enjoy it guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was wild that this, that she was somehow served it. Like, like maybe if there's a scene where he's like sneaking her alcohol, which she would never do, but like, how does she have a glass of champagne at a restaurant, at a nice restaurant? <laughs> I don't know. How does any of this stuff? How does that second hotel manager like not just call the cops immediately? Just be like, oh, there's a 12 year old having sex with a grown man here in this room. Or at least that's what I think is happening. Like, what What the fuck? At least social services. God damn it. Like, yeah. why is why is why are the cops not looking for this lost little girl? Like, I understand like Gary Oldman's uh, like point of view and what he's doing. But like, what about the actual fucking police of New York fucking city? Like, she didn't just fucking disappear. I don't know. They're busy. They're busy. It's bizarre. I mean, if she goes back to the scene of the crime, too. That's the only reason, like, I don't know. You, you think of it. It makes me think of it. Yeah. And actually, that was the one of the things that really kind of struck me as strange. And I, I, I don't know if this was just the way it was cut or what. But before she goes back to the scene of the crime, she has the dress up scene where she impersonates Madonna and uh, Marilyn Monroe. And where does she get that lacy black thong and <laughs> the bra and all of this They're... stuff is so inappropriate for her to be wearing but you're like oh well she must have gotten it from her mom but no she hasn't gone and gotten her stuff yet no there's a there's a bag that she's going through at one point and she pulls out a bra and kind of stuff like that and i'm not sure where it comes from but it, it's when she's like playing house like she's like doing laundry and cleaning and fucking shopping and all that there's a scene there's a scene during the middle of that where she's like unloading a bag hmm. and there's bras and stuff oh, okay. like that in there yeah so did he buy her the bras and maybe hmm. you don't know movie doesn't know it doesn't okay. <laughs> doesn't tell you they're like look this isn't the important thing all you need to know is that this 12 year old and this grown man <laughs> have some slightly sexual tension but it's perfectly innocent so it's okay I don't well, know. she tells him that she's 18 <laughs> 
Yeah, okay. Again, <laughs> and that, that's only in the international cut. Is that, Gary, oh, is that only in the international cut, too? Yeah, that's only in the international cut. Because, huh. like, why would you put that? It, like, of course. Like, it's just stupid. It just makes him... There are moments that they cut out of the movie where it makes Leon look like a... Not like a 14-year-old, but it makes him look like he's mentally disabled. He like Yeah, he played him that way. I he, saw he, an interview he, where he yeah. said, yes, he did that on purpose. He, he said, it was, I was trying to play him slow. That's what he can say. He can say he played him slow, but Luke Basson on set was t- telling him to play it like he was a 14-year-old because originally uh, Jean Renault ha- was having problems on set. Like, wait a minute. What's my character motivation? What am I doing? This mm-hmm. is a 12-year-old? Wait, what? And Luke Passan is just trying to get this actor to do the shit that he wrote in the script. I don't know. I uh, I understand. There, it's script the- moments. It's not. It's not. It, it's not John Renault's performance. It is like literally script moments in this movie where it's like it, it, they go out of their way to to make him seem stupid and also like he is in romantic love with her. Mm-hmm. There are some moments where like like when he's when she tells him uh, I love you he. He goes out into the fucking hallway and he collapses. That beat, yeah, that beat right there. That's the one that really gives that away. Because like you know, it's it's this. He leaves. He leaves the apartment and he goes out and he's like, "Oh fuck, man!" You know, like uh, he was really trying to contain himself there. But yeah. Even before that, I mean, Ugh. yes, hundred percent. But even before that, he has two moments where whenever I forget exactly what she says in the first moment, but where she says something to him and he spits up his milk. And the look where he's just like, oh, well, uh, what oh, do Leon, I do? That, no, she said that's a cute name. Oh, and yeah. He, he, yeah. And he's just like startled at like that she's flirting with him and he likes it. And it's I think that's when you start to cross into like inappropriate, maybe not behavior, but inappropriate thoughts and eventually behavior. Because what it seems is like, yes, there's absolutely nothing untoward about his behavior, but he's also not stopping her. And in the theatrical release, where she like like actually puts him in bed and takes off his shoes and cuddles up next to him, like that's insane. <laughs> that's absolutely insane. That should be stopped. And if he were any sort of man, you know, that wouldn't happen. Like he's just like, oh my god, I don't know what to do. Should I just let her? I guess I will. She's twelve. <laughs> She's fucking twelve. Like it's kind of nuts to me. It, it's it's a creepy movie. It, okay, the problem with it, and the reason, like, I'm just like I can't get it out of my brain, and I harp on it, and it kind of enjoy, ruins the enjoyment of this film. It's like, why the fuck is it in the movie? Mm-hmm. If this was like a, a daughter father surrogate like fucking love story, like if he didn't like uh, have all this shit because of a, a woman, if it was because he lost a daughter, wouldn't this just immediately fucking work and be the same goddamn thing? Why is it okay. creepy? Here's why it's creepy. I'll tell you why it's creepy because I didn't know this when I was watching it as a child, which is probably why I didn't care or notice also as a child. So why would I notice this? But um, as an adult, I am very much aware that like the song's first, first, second, whatever wife, Maywin, May, Maywin, is that her name? Um, the lady he married came out in an interview and said, yes, this movie is based on our relationship. (laughs) She goes, I really thought that people would notice as soon as we released this movie because she was so young when she and Luke Besson got together. Well, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, She was too young. And so he had to wait for her to get a little bit older. And then they like started their relationship. And so the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) This is like... 
this is a 100% a romantic story. Like, and that's what makes it so disturbing, I think. Uh, yeah, because actually, uh, Brian and I were talking the other day, and I, I, I watched this for the first time in years, and I was like, we learned a lot about Luke Besson when we did the Fifth Element podcast, and we found out about all his pedo tendencies. And so when watching this movie, like, if you don't know that, then you, you're struggling the whole time, like, is this father figure or whatever? Because I've spoken to people you know, since since I've watched it recently, and, and they said, no, 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 it's more like a father figure type thing. No, man, this movie is honest. <laughs> this movie is like is like this filmmaker being extremely honest and open in the public about his fucking craziness, mm-hmm. and and just and it, even the producer in the behind the scenes is like, yeah, in Europe, this isn't a big deal. You know, it's just like I understand over in America, this is a bit taboo or whatever, but over in, in Europe, we don't even bat an eye. Okay, so I looked up why this is more accepted <laughs> in Europe and specifically France. And and what happened was apparently in 68 when they had their countercultural revolution that included um, throwing out all ideas and they just wanted to go against all norms. And so the <laughs> norm that you need to have like consenting adults uh, was also thrown out. And so, oh, yeah, of course, you can love children and children can love you back. And that was like a that I there was like a tiny, tiny bit of that here. And we squashed it out. I mean, you know, with some exceptions, obviously. <laughs> obviously um but over there it's that's why it's still kind of pervasive in the culture and they still have like very murky laws about age of consent and uh all all of that but it all stems back from the 60s and it really gained traction in the 70s and perhaps it goes back more but that's what i found i don't know um all of the pedophilia history unfortunately it's just pretty crazy how 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 like wild this movie is especially with all these like taboo subjects but how amazingly done it is like this movie is very very serious you know it's it's very like it's just it's just done to the highest art camera work lighting acting all of it is there and i mean even even the goofy little score i, I love i love the industrial like moments yeah, in that dude, and the, the score weird... is terrible fuck fuck oh off, they're, they're, come on the score is really it's bad. not amazing it's, it's not terrible. amazing but it's like you know it's fucking terrible it's the same thing as the fifth element fucking uh what was that other yeah. one uh, la femme de Keda well, and fucking uh Goldeneye. i felt a lot of the fifth element in this especially like in the you know um Oh, what's the line the guy says when he's like, uh, this guy's very serious? We got a very serious guy down here. (laughs) Somebody's serious. Somebody's coming up. Somebody's serious. Like that whole moment, like, (laughs) I was like, that's that's fucking Fifth Element shit right there. Um, Gary Oldman is absolutely batshit crazy amazing in this. Yeah. He's acting his ass off, you know? There's, there's, it's just, I see why people like it. And then you just have to, (laughs) I think people just overlook all the, the weirdness of it for some reason. Because because of the crazy camera shit and the, and Leon coming out of the darkness with a fucking knife that that quintessential fucking scene that everybody thinks of when you think of this movie that is the uh, yeah that yeah. is the moment I think in the movie that's the first time I ever found out what a uh, dynamic range means <laughs> like like how you actually like can play with, with sh- uh, shadow and light you know and because film doesn't see things the way that your eyes do yeah because when they sh- when they shot that I mean everybody in the room could see him standing there. But the camera doesn't see it. I know that was one of the, like the first things that are behind the scene. I'm like, oh wait a minute, wait what? That's not what the camera sees, bro. What's going on there? <laughs> <laughs> That's how the camera sees if you do it right, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, uh, there's some good technical things in here. I just, I don't. I guess th- this movie to me has just been it's. It's over fucking hyped. It's overrated. This is the definition to me of an overrated film. Like I think it's one of the most overrated films of all time. 
I just I just don't get the love for this thing. Like this this is rated higher on IMDb's top 250 list than fucking Taxi Driver. This is number 35. Wow. How the fuck is it that high? And with the story, I mean, I'm just like, what the fuck? I don't know. I don't get it. I just I just do not I I don't know. I I understand like like passive enjoyment into this, but I do not understand like John, the first John Wick I, to me is more enjoyable and a better movie than this thing is. I just yeah, I just don't I don't understand the the love for it. And I I, I get Gary Oldman, he's he's very showy in the part. He's he's got some great fucking lines, you know? <laughs> this Mickey Mouse bullshit. Um I, I don't know. He also doesn't fit with anybody else in the entire fucking movie. No, he stands completely out. Like, how how is he able to be on the police force and to be this fucking wild that he would fucking pull a gun in a bathroom and actually fucking pull the trigger? How are you going to explain that? How, how are you going to, like, cap this little kid in a bathroom and, and just get away with it? You know? like uh, Yeah. Yeah. And, and he would have, you know. And that old lady that comes out, like he shoots. At her. I love that. <laughs> I love that. I'm, but that's that's that that's that's like hyper realism. I mean, like 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 not hyper realism. It's just ridiculousness, you know. But but it, it's it's such a it's such a great thing. He said, "Go back in the house." Like <laughs> I, I guess that's my problem with it. Like I like the Gary Oldman part of the movie when he's on yeah. screen and it it he is taking over the movie and it's like s- silly and it's a comic book movie. But then this weird like taboo french fucking little girl old man love story i don't know it's just like totally just does not fit it's disjointed as fuck it ain't no die hard it definitely ain't no die hard and it's very uncomfortable but then you get really great action stuff to make you forget about it for a second well because i think the whole time you're watching it you don't want it to be real and i think until at least for me and i haven't i haven't seen this movie in a couple you know quite a few years but before i knew that this was like a legitimate love story <laughs> uh, i loved this and didn't you know read too much into it and i can see why people would go oh yeah this is a nice father daughter kind of thing and now as like an like a you know an adult like no it's not it's like wildly inappropriate and reading just even a tiny bit about the movie and the story like and the filmmaker right it's i don't know how this was made honestly and i understand why they had to cut everything out for the audiences and apparently wasn't um wasn't matilda supposed to die at the end too and they had to cut that out i don't know i didn't i didn't get to read any of the the script before natalie pearman uh natalie portman's parents got a hold of it and was like nope she ain't doing that nope she ain't doing that Apparently there was also a sex scene, but I did, I couldn't find anything that was like co- confirmed that. Yeah, Natalie Portman. I remember in an interview she said that there was a shower scene where he walks in on her in the shower, and she's like, "I don't mind," you know. And her oh, parents were like, "Nope, not happening." <laughs> yeah, I saw. Oh my god! So wait, I did see that her her that's Natalie got, Portman's that's also got to be like legitimately against the law, right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can do that scene in France. You sure as can't it's shoot that shit in America. <laughs> Oh my god! That's why I shot most of it in France, actually. Oh, did they? Yeah, all the interior yeah. stuff. Well, I... most of it. Yeah. On janky sets that, that wiggle when you touch the walls. Oh god! Did you notice that? Yeah, a but lot. I don't know. I don't. I don't mind that so much. I did I'll read that, that Natalie Portman's parents were like very concerned about her smoking oh. and were I'm like, smoking. "No, she can only smoke like five times during the movie." And I was like, "Did you read the rest of the script? <laughs> like, what?" 
Um, but yeah, so she's so there's limited smoking. We don't want her to get hooked on tobacco. Oh no! <laughs> did she? Did, did uh, Natalie Portman have any uh, like fucking Jody Stalker like uh, stalkers after her? Oh, I uh, don't know that she had stalkers, but yeah, didn't she? I think she received death threats, right, from this movie. Death threats. Yeah, I remember reading that. They're like, how dare I... you become a child assassin? You need to go to school. I don't think it was like the assassin part that people were upset about. Why would you threaten to kill a kid? Like, I mean, the death threat should go to the director and the writer. Oh my god, you're applying too much logic to this. It's obviously the woman's fault, okay? Like the, the child. The child. She was asking for it. Themselves. Guys, she was she asking for it. She literally asked for it. It's totally her fault. Yeah. And actually... <laughs> A, a, a woman's first lover sets her sexual, like, you know, <laughs> things up for life or whatever the fuck she says. <laughs> I wonder if this was like Luke, Luke Massage is just like, I need to make an action film before I go off and do Fifth Element. And he's like, oh, this is that pedo porno film project. I, I'll just put some action scenes in this. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> this is like his he, fantasy. <laughs> he was waiting to make the Fifth Element. And he's like, I'll just do this. And so he wrote this movie and filmed it while get they were really waiting personal. for the Fifth Element. This really personal story I need to get off my chest. I love it when the 12-year-olds seek you out and beg for it. <laughs> they start quoting the, the sexual advice they read in magazines to you. It's so hot. What the fuck are you talking about? But it's okay, because he introduced her to Socrates, so it's totally fine. Oh, He's educating true. her. Yeah. No, no, she introduced him. Oh God! To you're right. She was teaching him to read. Yeah, right? she Never was mind. teaching him to read. Yeah. Oh wait, no, I man. assumed that was his book, and she was teaching too, him to read his book. But he's right. He can't. He can't read. Remember? Why would he have that? Yeah. No. She went to the local library and picked that up. Oh, or something. I needed that scene. I thought he like. I thought he bought that book. Is like this is a book. I'm gonna. I'm gonna teach I, myself to read. That's what I thought read. too. That's what I. You thought. know, actually, you know, he he did say that. He he said he said I've been I've been trying to learn. I've just been busy lately. When he was when when she asked him, you can't read. Yeah, I didn't know if he was being legit there, if that was just a bad joke. Leon doesn't lie. Wait, we we know that to be false. <laughs> He's like, no, Matilda, that's not a good idea. Hold on, I have to go out into the hallway and faint. Ah, wee wee. Uh, oh, she loves me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uncomfortable May is what this month should have been called. <laughs> It's both. It's both inappropriate and uncomfortable. All right, let's let's take a break. I need, we need to stop talking about this for a second. We'll just talk. We need to go take a shower real quick and <laughs> come back and talk about this. Extra soap, <laughs> deep cleanse. All right, we're gonna play the trailer for Luke Besson's The Professional. We'll be back. It's like Ace Ventura in that bag. He's like, oh, 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 oh. let's talk business. This guy comes to town every Tuesday. Are you free Tuesday? Yeah, I'm free Tuesday. You can't stop what you can't see. This guy came from the outside. He was a pro. He was fast. In the art of the kill, Leon was the master. Somebody's coming up. Somebody's serious. He never missed a hit. He never got caught. You're indestructible. Bullets slide off you. You play with them. And above all else, he never had a reason to care. Until now. I like these calm little moments before the storm. 
My family was shot down by DEA officers. Three kids here. One of them is missing. Find her. Please open the door. Please. From the director of La Femme Nikita. If you don't help me, I'll die tonight. I can feel it. An innocent girl with no one else to turn to. What exactly do you do for a living? Cleaner. You mean you're a hitman? Cool. A perfect assassin. I need you to help me, Leon. I want to get those dirtbags who killed my brother. With someone to finally believe in. Change ankle. Remember that, Leon. I will. They're about to come face to face with the cop who's crossed the line. Bring me everyone. What do you mean everyone? Right, we're back. That was the trailer for Luke Besson's Leon, the Professional. So that makes it look fun. It makes it look like, a, like an awesome action movie. That's why people like it, because it was a fun action movie until we learned more information about it. Yeah, the stuff with Gary Oldman's the fun action movie. Come on, let, let, let's just... Gary Oldman, that's the fun action movie. The rest of it's just... It is. Yeah, I don't know. The, so I did read a story that said that that scene where, with Gary Oldman where he says, bring me everyone. He yells it out. Um, he he didn't tell the director he was going to do it. Most of his lines were improv. And all he did was tell the sound guy to take off his headphones for the scene because he was going to yell. And so no one knew what he was going to do for that. Uh, and that was all. they that He only did that in one take. And that was the one they used. And that's just as iconic as the coming out of the darkness. Like, this film is known for that, and uh, coming out of the darkness, uh, everyone, and being a little bit Lolita. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think there's a bunch of Gary Oldman's lines that are great. Like, the Mickey Mouse bullshit. Uh, I like these little calm moments before the storm. That's a good moment, um, man. Death is whimsical today. He's just got so many great lines. That, that cross-cutting of when, like... He's like, I, I like the little, the, like these, these quiet moments. And then it cuts to Matilda coming out of the grocery store. Oh, and it's, it's, slow it's slow motion. Ah, it plays so fucking well, man. I was like, damn it. That's what I'm saying. This movie is done really well. It, it, it's high art as far as like, you know, how to build a scene, how to build tension. Like it's, everything's there. It's just a little weird. <laughs> I agree. I think it's done really well. It's stylized. It's, it's very stylized. stylized. It's stylized. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. It's it's like watching a uh, Tony Scott film, kind of. It is. No, you're right. No, that's a really good, especially with, you know building up to the action moments. Is very Tony Scott. Yeah, yeah. Like like how how to build the tension before the storm. And even the one guy with dreads looks like uh, Gary Oldman in uh, <laughs> uh, oh, True Romance. <laughs> it's a white boy day. This must be white boy day. Uh, <laughs> um, I like how that guy code switches. You know, he, he's got his, like, when he's in there, like, tearing up the whole place, he's got his Rastafarian accent on. And then, <laughs> <laughs> but then as soon, as soon as, like, uh, as soon as Gary Oldman's character turns a gun on him in the bathroom, he's like, hey, 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 man. Um, 
Why don't you calm down, buddy? Why don't you calm down, bro? Chill. Just chill, man. I think my favorite part of the movie is people telling Gary Oldman to calm down. He's, I am calm. He, he just ruined my he ruined my suit. <laughs> Motherfucker does need to calm down. Like he's always like even when he goes into that fucking apartment, he busts in with the shotgun and just goes crazy, start murdering people and all the other cops that are with him. Or, or just like in, in the hallway, just like all hunched they're together. They're cowering. They're all scared. I, I love. I love when he runs back in the hallway. They're like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and his one buddy that gets shot later is like, no, 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 stop, 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 stop. <laughs> Benny, God damn it, Benny, we're coming out. <laughs> that dude was so scared. <laughs> just... <laughs> he never says a fucking word either. He's just in the hallway. Never says anything. Never. Even I love says, that I'm though. Sorry. You know, because it just shows you that, like, you know, that that that's just a normal cop. All these other guys have been around it. You know, it seems like he he's the new guy or whatever. Seeing this wild card DEA agent. I will say that that trailer does kind of spoil that Gary Oldman and his crew are. Are cops? That's yeah, a good reveal. I, it, the, the way that they reveal that in the movie is excellent. Like it actually, it, it surprised me, and I was like, "Oh, holy shit!" I was like, "This is done really, really well." If you go in this cold, you know, and and and, and you're following along, that that is a major surprise because when they leave the apartment and they leave that other guy there, and he's like, well, "What do you want me to tell him? Tell him we were doing our jobs." And you're like, "What yeah, the fuck does that mean?" If you, know? you pay attention, you can catch pretty early on that they are cops but well, if they you're say not lady. paying close attention and you're just kind of following the movie and you're enjoying it you don't know what's happening yes it comes as a total shock yeah yeah the old lady she comes out and she's like why don't you leave that family alone and she's like get back in the house lady it's the police mm-hmm. yeah they, they, say, they it say it from it there. the beginning yeah but you don't like if you, you don't have no it. idea what's happening you yeah you have you are blown away by the end when, when you realize they're the actual police yeah it's a damn good reveal yeah, because they, they could totally be lying in the hallway. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, it's yeah. such a good reveal at the end. But still, they still tell you the entire step of the way. Yeah. Like, the fact that you don't pick up on it is also what makes it so great, I think. And also, the uh, security at the DA office is, is ridiculous. That one guy can get in <laughs> and take out the two security guards downstairs, get in the elevator, go up and, like, take out the guys in the office and pull Matilda out of there. It's pretty amazing. Maybe he trains her to be a ghost, too, so he can, like, pop up like Jason in different places and stuff. I mean, he, he's got to, right? I mean, maybe he didn't get to that before he died? I don't know. He's like a mixture of, like, Batman, Spider-Man, and, <laughs> and, and, and like, because <laughs> he, can, he, can like, he can, like, hang up in a corner, right? Like, yeah. like up in the corner, up in the ceiling. But then he can, like, appear in different places, you know? He, can, he pops out of the shadows like Batman and take you down. Hey, dial this number. I'm Batman. <laughs> I don't know. You're gonna say it in a French accent, <laughs> French Batman. I am Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Where are your little girls? <laughs> <laughs> the Batman is thirsty. Do you have any milk? <laughs> oh. <laughs> First, look at there. I thought you were talking about the little girls, not the milk. <laughs> oh no, no, no. <laughs> the Batman's thirsty. Oh, okay. Woo. <laughs> <sighs> It's just hard not to talk about that part of it, man. Like it, it's just, yeah. It that, that, the that's girl that's part? Yeah. that's the movie, you know. Yeah, it doesn't. Well, it doesn't need to be there. That's the. It, it's just you know, it sticks out. It's it's the uncomfortable close-ups. It's like it's like when they're this tight and she's like locked on him and in these really uncomfortable situations. And then like when then like the scene where she like lays back on the bed, and she like falls down in Jesus pose, 
And she's like, she's, you know what? I think I'm falling in love with you. You know, it's, it's my first time, you know. She's like so nonchalant about it. And then he's like, well, how do you know? And she's like, where do you feel it? And then like it cuts in on this close-up of her, ch- of her belly. And I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> her ex- her ex- you know what you're doing. Her you know what belly. you're doing. <laughs> yeah, her exposed belly and with her hands moving down. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I'm so surprised that wasn't cut it out of the American version either. <laughs> when, yeah, when she right. when she runs over and she and like and like he saves her in in the police thing and she runs over and gives him a hug and he has that moment on his face and then they cut down to her fucking feet. <laughs> I don't know about they're just driving people, it home. They're just <laughs> driving it home yeah, every moment, every moment they can. Yeah, maybe it was like a bet. You, you think we can get this through? <laughs> oh yeah, bro. Yeah, we're gonna make this happen. I bet they sit around today and like still spend the money they made from this and be like, I cannot believe we pulled that shit off. <laughs> you know, and, like, and, and we got it in before all this like Me Too and like the current woke shit came out, bro. We would not be able to make this movie today. Like, you know, this is like a once in a lifetime situation. You know, as much as Natalie Portman speaks out about all that stuff and women's rights and everything else like that, it is kind of funny that this is her first film. <laughs> But I think maybe that that's kind of why. So, again, I really think the blame should be put on her parents here because she was 11 when she was cast. And but she did fight for this. I mean, she's a little kid. She obviously did she's not a understand. Kid. I don't think we can put any of that responsibility. On but her. I mean, she, she did. She did fight for this. She wanted she wanted her. This well, of role. course, she wanted to be it. Yeah, her parents were probably like, "Hey, this is a really great, exciting role, and wouldn't it be so cool to be a like a hitman little girl?" And she's probably like, "Fuck yeah!" I mean, I think that'd be cool too. I don't think that you 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 really they're not no one selling this film is. Hey, do you want to put on this skimpy little outfit and lay next to a fifty year old man in bed while people jerk off to you at home? I don't think anyone's selling it to her like that. I don't know if they sold it to her that way, but I, I don't know. You the, think her parents cast- should have known a hundred percent? Well, they, well, the they fucking read the script. Have, everyone should have known this. You cannot blame Natalie Portman for this, though. No, That's everybody read the script. Is what I'm saying. Like everybody's yeah. culpable. And the script in this. was worse than what we got yeah yeah it was yeah it was oh but natalie portman came out as i mean she uh came out she has some new movie that she's promoting and so obviously for some reason people are asking her about this movie and so she is commenting on it because she does a lot of work in the me too movement and so she's i think her like exact quote is like she doesn't want to invalidate anyone's work on this film but also it's very cringy and she would not you know do it and in a different interview she said that this movie sexualized her so much at such a young age that it what took her a very long time before she accepted any more like adult roles because of how she like she just as a child was not prepared for the reaction interesting because on on the the behind the scenes thing i remember seeing a a, a interview with her saying that uh, she thinks that this film, this was at the 10 year reunion. So it was 10 okay. years later. Yeah. So uh, she said that uh, I think that this film has helped me uh, bypass a lot of the more children movies because mm-hmm. people have seen me as an adult ever since I was a child That's because I was I'm doing sh- these very like adult themed things. I'm sure it goes both ways. I mean, both things can be true. Yeah. You know, maybe she's just saying. Whatever, like you know, whatever popular they want in the moment. Whatever say. they yeah. need yeah, to. Yeah, because she's promoting a film. Yeah, I, I mean, like, there's also that. And I think it's also possible that her 
she could have evolved. So if that was for the 10-year anniversary, that would have made her 22, right? So... What? Still, <laughs> Wait, I don't know. They're twenty-two-year-olds are. Listen, she's more certainly more of an adult than she was when she made this. But I don't know that twenty-two-year-olds are known for their emotional maturity. I don't know. I think it's really interesting. I'm, this movie helps her. She says she gets uh, more comments still to this day on this movie than anything else she's ever done. She says the fan base for this is huge, which I think is why she doesn't really want to speak out about it. The worst I have seen her say is that it was it was the article that came out yesterday where she said it was cringy. And to be fair, it's a it's a little cringy when you know the history of everything. If if, if the actual like behind the scenes documentaries and all the true stuff about like the the director and writer's uh, life weren't there then it would be a little easier to swallow and, and to, make, to maybe have the shadow of doubt well i think across it i think what really um kind of speaks to this is uh the uh, uh what's the guy's name uh jean oh jean renault jean, jean renault he says that there were things that made him uncomfortable he was asking um, for rehearsals and scripts and can we change this and I think that's way more telling actually if he doesn't want to do it I mean the, the scene with the dress that was cut from the the American version um, where she says you know I want I want you to take my virginity when she says all of this to him I mean he was like excuse me <laughs> And I think that is way more telling. That is what her parents should have been doing. Um, and also, the director uh, did not want... They did not rehearse that scene. Uh, that was... They just ran it like that because they wanted it to be raw and full of sexual tension and, and uncomfortable. And so they didn't rehearse. Like, I, you know, I mean, looking at it from, like, an adult's point of view who was on set, I think that's more telling than yeah, no trying to figure out, like, what does little 11-year-old girl think about this? From a costuming standpoint, Brian and I were talking about this during the break. Uh, do you think that the uh, the giant flower on her dress was symb- symbolic of anything in that scene, Kristen? Oh, God. I mean, <laughs> you know what I was trying to figure out? <laughs> if it was symbolic or not, uh, was her choker because... What the fuck was that? What the, the fuck was that? Okay, that was bothering on. me the whole movie. Okay. What do you, uh, <laughs> all right. Well, hold on. So, first of all, chokers were popular in the 90s. Okay? They were popular... I'm pretty sure I had several. Like, they were very fashionable, okay? However, they're also, um, you know, a symbol for prostitutes. And Really? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, there's also some historical, you know, meaning there for the French aristocracy who, like, when uh, were beheaded, right? They were, like, wearing it in honor of their... Uh, relatives that were oh, beheaded no. but but uh, it also is linked very strongly to uh, prostitution and so i was trying to figure that out too actually if there was any meaning there or if they were just using it because it was cute and popular you know i don't know i don't know i just think it brings a lot of like attention to her neck because and, and, the, and, yeah yeah no 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 i was gonna say all of her clothes are very cute and very um trendy but also she very she doesn't she needs to put on more clothes she's no 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 like i i felt very uncomfortable with her clothing even though there was absolutely nothing wrong with it and some of it was 
her doing it, like the first time she sees Leon in the hallway, she like slips off her little covering so he can see his shoulder and she's like looking him up and down and she's wearing the choker though. And I'm like, wait a minute, like that's your first, you know, you're like, wait, 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 <laughs> what is going on here? Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that is kind of coded there. But maybe not. He's perfectly innocent, and it's a sign of the times because it's all '90s. But no, she looks like a little prostitute. Yeah, and she's got that Amelie haircut, which I also thought was interesting because there's no way that Bob is going to stay like that. That within like a couple of weeks, it's it's going to grow out. Yeah, yeah. I would have liked to have seen him cutting her hair or something. (laughs) He puts a ball on her head, and he's like just cutting those lines. Exactly. I would love that. That would be a really cute scene, actually. He's like, don't cut it too short, Leon. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a real cute scene until Matilda's like, you know, Leon, scissors make me think of a penis. <laughs> She's at that point. He's just like, what? what? He's and like, what the fuck? He does another spit take of milk. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Well, okay, but but speaking of, so she is emulating behavior that she has seen. And when we meet her mother or her stepmother, what did she say? I think it's a stepmother. She is wearing a very short leather miniskirt and a kind of a low cut wild. It's um, like she's a prostitute because she's. I was wondering, is she a prostitute? I think she is. Because she's like, I've got to go to work. And he's like, how about you work at home today? And then he's like, and I was like, is he being cute? Is he being cute or is she a prostitute? But perhaps she is based on everything else that we see Matilda doing. I caught that on my second viewing. I was like, I think she's a prostitute. Yeah, Yeah, I was wondering. She's in the bathtub right after that. She's getting ready for work. And then afterwards, after she has sex with her husband, she's taking a bath. Well, you know, you ain't going to go to work all, you know. She's relaxing. She's okay. like, after every clientele, I take a bath. <laughs> oh, you better. <laughs> Coming home all slimy. <laughs> you love my musk. Oh, man. I like I it when you're marinated. Oh, <laughs> but I do love that shot from behind the tub. Where you see the hole in the tub and, and like the blood and the water coming out of the tub. That was a nice yeah. shot. That was that good. That looked really nice. Yeah. I like that. And that overhead shot when he shoots her in the tub is excellent too. There, yet again, cinematography give you claps all the way around. Looks looks amazing. It's very stylized. I loved all of it. I thought it all looked really good. I like they didn't show the boy dying too. Like yes, the, the, yeah, the son, yeah. You don't see him and get it, killed. Is it, I don't know if it's in both things, but when she goes back and you get the overhead shot, like like it, it goes to overhead shot of like her standing where her brother's like outline is on the ground. Yeah, excellent, excellent moment. Yeah, that that is in both cuts. Yeah. Are we at ratings here? I feel like we're at ratings. I don't I'm look at the notes. Don't really have anything else left to talk about. Oh, what what are these pills that that Gary Oldman's eating? Who knows? He he like they're not eats in a b- it bottle and then then they're not cracks them and then they instantly. He gets like a shiver over his body. He's like, oh, you know, and it's kind of like what triggers him and allows him to 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 do the craziness. When he realizes he's a, he's got to confront Matilda in the bathroom, he's going to go. He goes in and eats one real quick. So according to IMDb trivia, what he is taking is Librium, which is a sedative and hypnotic medication of the benzodiazepine oh, class. It, used, it is used to treat anxiety, insomnia, and withdrawal symptoms from alcohol and or drug abuse. 
I mean, that, that's fine that IMDb has that on trivia, but there is nothing in the movie to like clue well, the, you in on that. No, I, I'm just letting you know that I guess people recognized it. How'd they recognize it? Because you can see what it, they can see the green and yellow capsule. You can recognize a pill from the color? Yes. I mean, some people can. Yeah, bro. Little blue pill. When I say that, what do you, what do you think? The Matrix. No, okay, you should think Viagra. Dick pills, bro. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I, I mostly just think of movies, so I apologize. Apparently, Brian doesn't have a problem, Kristen. <laughs> not yet. I'm and not 50 yet, Jared. God damn it. Hold on. Give it a couple years. On Reddit, though, they're saying that it wouldn't cause you to get high like that because it's, it's more of a sedative. It's like almost instant. It's like he did like a, like a, like it's a meth pill or something. Yeah. Like he, yeah. He, he has like a, weird reaction like it, he looks up to the sky like it's like pulling his soul out of his body or something uh yeah they uh a lot of there there are a couple people that say they are acting like poppers but yeah i'm just going through a list right now on the internet of green and yellow pills and there's over 25 so how the fuck they could not look in at the early 90s bro not in the early 90s <laughs> uh yeah i mean these are old drugs Okay, fine. So it's it, we don't know what it is. I guess it doesn't matter, does it? I'm just saying, like, how do these people know that? I don't, I don't know what their qualifications are. I need to know this stuff. These are the hard-hitting questions. <laughs> and is it available, I think, is the more important question. Because I want to get high like fucking Gary Oldman <laughs> and the fucking professional. No, you don't, because then you're going to go out murdering people. No, that's just, like, unique to him, okay? Like, other oh, people oh, when you will, have will do to. other things, obviously. Oh, it- it's like Mighty Mouse. He has to eat the pill or whatever. Exactly. Like, right, yeah. Like, like, like <laughs> somebody comes up at you and they're all aggro, bro. And you're like, oh, hold on. You just give me a minute. Give me a minute. You got to pull out the, yeah, you stare up to the sky, you know. <laughs> you do have to look up to the sky. You do. Oh, actually, you know what? You did that both you times. Know? You're right. I forgot about that. Yeah. I, I like how the cop, when he, like, he's walking behind him and he's like doing that. The cop like looks up at what he was looking at. He's like, <laughs> like he, there's a moment where he's like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> what the fuck was he doing looking at? Uh, and also, uh, I, it, it passed me on the first one, but on the second viewing, uh, when fucking Leon uh, pushes fucking uh, Matilda down the wall, he turns and has this like rage moment. When he pushes, he her looks down the up. Wall. The, he like like he drops it. He, he he chops a hole in the wall like fucking Jack Torrance, the and then end. fucking and then like pushes her down, and and he's like, I love you, and and you know I, I got to you know, and, and they have their little last moment. Oh, and he looks and then, up at the and sky, then, and then he turns around and he looks up at the yeah. sky and has like this rage moment. How did you miss that? The close up of those fucking eyes, and he's. Like, I know. Ah! I don't know. Like like I was like, oh shit. <laughs> oh, that was a great shot. I enjoyed that a it lot. Looks like he's Damn. having an orgasm right then and there. It, ah! Okay, well, that's not a good visual, but... but come on. <laughs> that is what he's... That's, that's his O-face. Um, it's terrible. It's so badly framed. It is weird, but um, it makes you think that he's about to, like, hulk out and, like, attack all these folks, but, you know, he somehow quickly changes into a uh, policeman's outfit and, and hides. Naturally, I just... I keep one of those around just in case, you know? I do like the shot of them going down... Well, like, when, when it's kind of his POV going down the hallway... When you're seeing how many cops are actually here, and it's all smoky and all the lasers and all that shit going on, very very cool vibe there. Yeah, I thought it was kind of crazy that they just assumed that there were so many cops that he wouldn't that that it's okay that they don't know him. And I know there's that line, that kind of like throwaway line where they're like, "Oh, you're from the like the third? Are you from the third ward or just I don't know whatever they say? Are you from the third? The third precinct? Precinct? Like, yeah. Yes. And he doesn't even say yeah. He just kind of like looks at him. And, and I was like, yeah. 
Yeah, let that go. You're and really after like a mastermind. <laughs> and here's a guy you don't know who's injured. <laughs> how does Gary Oldman's character know that that's Leon at the end? Like he's never seen him before. Because he's the Italian that's sitting there. He's just like, oh, I don't recognize that guy. He's the Italian. He's the only one who thinks in the situation. That, hmm. Yes, there's the guy. I mean, I don't know. But also, it could have been, um, I mean, is it possible? I mean, there's so much going on with, like, Tony, too, that we didn't really... I mean, because Tony meets Matilda in the extended cut. Yeah, that surprised me. Yeah. And they left, like, that... There's a line that they left in where he goes, you know, that girl I brought in. Well, they show her in the the American She was there. Yeah. She was there outside, and she's, like, smoking with that boy outside. And he goes out and chastises her. Oh, okay, okay, you're right, you're right. He looks like a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> she keeps saying okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But Tony meets her, and so Tony clearly knows who the, you know, this the the guy that Gary Oldman is looking for. I mean, does he have like a, it, 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 does he have like a photo? He's like, yeah, I know this guy. Like, I mean, just, you know, there's not, there's they just a let that scene hang. there. Yeah, they let it hang. So maybe that's how Gary Oldman recognizes. Yeah, I don't know. That part I don't have a, I don't have a problem with. I'm just like, yeah, Gary Oldman knows. Whatever, he's supernatural. You know, he can smell when you're lying. He'll when you're high, you, out. you can connect things that you wouldn't be able to connect otherwise, <laughs> and so that is how he does it. Those are metachlorian metachlorian pills, <laughs> and when he eats those, he can like sense things with the force. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how you know Natalie Portman really sucks in Star Wars because everybody yeah. comes up and talks to her about this movie and they don't say anything about Star Wars. And we all know that more people saw Star Wars than the fucking professional. Yeah, but her character in Star Wars ends up hooking up with a, a, a 10-year-old kid. It's <laughs> just like this movie. Dude, she waits it out, okay? Look, she waits she's it out. a yeah, figure she, she of learned, me too, okay? She learned from, fuck, fuck, from fucking Luke Besson. And he's like, look, this is how you do it. When you find him, just wait. He'll be ready when he's ready. Apparently, she she just hadn't gone to Harvard yet, and they hadn't told her, like, look, no means no. <laughs> All right? If it's under 18, that's not okay. It's just not okay. We don't do that, okay? That's a child. <laughs> oh, my God, but could you imagine, like, if you made a movie, like, like a romantic movie when you were 12 that your parents were like, yeah, it's cool. Uh, and it was based on like uh, on like a pedophile love story. Could you imagine like like having some sort of reckoning where you're like, oh my god? <laughs> Can you fucking believe what? Yeah, like it, once you get older and you look back, you're like, that's fucking kind of crazy. Yeah, I I mean I don't know. Could be. I'm gonna go like, star star in a Star Wars film and do some of that. <laughs> yeah, that's what she thought. Yeah, dude, gender reversal. Yeah. You know, hey, yeah, it, that's right. It's taking ownership of your problems. That is what you need <laughs> yeah. to do. Live your best life. Well, this uh, this movie was made for a uh, a budget of sixteen million dollars. Wow, that's actually really good. And it made uh, forty six point one worldwide, and launched uh, I guess Luc Besson's international career. He was already a big deal in France at the time. So, what was it? Uh, La Femme Nikita, I guess, was the movie he. And that spawned a TV series as well that was uh, got really big, right? Two yeah. TV series, actually. Really? Two? And I didn't a know that. United States remake uh, called yeah. Point of No Return with uh, Bridget Fonda. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. And Jean Renault is the cleaner in that movie. Uh, That's the movie yeah. right before this? Yeah. Or that was in, yeah. That's the one yeah. he did. Uh, Luke Besson directed before, yeah. I think Harvey Keitel plays him in the American remake. Or maybe I'm just getting that confused with Pulp Fiction, but I th- could have sworn that was Harvey Keitel. 
We just did Taxi Driver too. Maybe I just got Car- Harvey Keitel in the brain. I don't know. I'll go yeah, because he was into little kids too. So. <laughs> no, just as a performer and an actor, he was in character, oh, okay. not in real life. <laughs> I see. I see. Unlike the director of the professional. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, are, are, are we at ratings here? Anybody got anything else? Yeah, I think I think we've done well. Who wants to go first? For Leon the Professional. Leon. <laughs> interested to hear what Kristen has to say. He's French or Italian. Wait, what is this character supposed to be? Is he supposed to be Italian? I don't know because uh, in the um, behind the scenes stuff, it says Jean Renault was uh, born in Casablanca, and uh, which was had, was like a French territory or whatever. And then he got put into the military. And I'm not talking about the actual actually, person. I'm talking about the character. I'm just saying where, where he comes from. So oh. like you know, so I, I so technically he's he's French. Well, yeah, his ethnicity, so, nationality is French, but the, the character. But the French people, does he look Italian to you? Because, like, Tony's, Tony's clearly Italian. Yeah. Well, Stan, Stansfield calls him an Italian hitman. But th- but he's he's working for the Italians, though. And his he is working for the Italians, and he lives in, or at least works in Little Italy. But that doesn't necessarily mean no, that he is he Italian. Talks, he talked about being, he, he, he's French. He talks about in France, like, uh, in the Syndicate, he talks about, he's, he, his father and all that, and that's why he came to this country, because because he he had to kill uh, the, the the girls the girl he was in love with his father like killed her and then so he killed her, the father and then escaped to this country. So he's a French hitman that came to America that's working and was taken in for, for the by Italians. the Italian mafia. Oh my god! Yes, that is so sure. complicated. I mean, I wonder if that was just like a mistake that they left in. I don't think it's a mistake. I just think, you know, it just but is what it is. I know he is referred to as an Italian hitman, but that that could be incorrect. Like in the style of the Italian. Right. The, right. They could just be saying like he's an Italian hitman, meaning he works for the Italian like crew, mob, mafia, whatever. Not necessarily that he himself is Italian, but it's like an Italian turf could be. I, it doesn't really matter. I don't think it matters. Well, it was confusing me because there were all these Italians and they were calling him an Italian hitman. And I was like, is Leon an Italian name? Hmm. No. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I don't, yeah, it was, it was, I was getting confused. He could still be like born in, he could be French and born in, like French parents and born in Italy or born in Italy and moved to France and then moved to America. Like there are a lot of options here hmm. to make both of it work. I need the four-hour cut that's, like, super creepy with, like, the sex scene and oh everything just added in. Yeah. I, oh, I need just it so all. I can really, yeah, get it, you know, really try to understand it. You guys can report back. I'm not watching <laughs> that. Luke Basson's sure like, illegal. I did not get to make my uh, director's cut. <laughs> Everyone told me it was uh, perverted. Like, his George Lucas cut is going to be made with all AI. He's going to actually, like, oh, wait. recreate these scenes. His wife was in this, right? Wh- who was she? I She's meant the to blonde uh, in the very, very beginning that's, like, the masseuse of, like, the big fat guy with the goatee that gets the knife brought up to his uh, throat. Oh, You okay. can tell gotcha. by, by her teeth the minute she shows up. Like, like in her interviews, like, um, in the behind the scenes, like, her teeth are gigantic. Like, she can't shut her mouth all the way. Well, you know, it's hard. I I did think that was funny. That was a funny scene at the beginning. They also dubbed her, too, which I thought was hilarious. Oh, I didn't know that. That is not her voice. Like, unless it, like, fucking changed a lot in 10 years. I don't know. It could have. 
that is why when his immediately next movie was the fifth element he hooked up with that young girl and he was like because they had so much they've probably fought over that i would fight if somebody if my husband cast me in a minor role and then dubbed my voice i would be very <laughs> upset and then if he is a pedophile How he would he, of course he would go to the next child actress that makes sense i i can see this now i would like a i would like a movie a biopic a biopic about this <laughs> nah that's all right i think the less luke Basson shares with his, of his <laughs> personal life the better <laughs> all right ratings <laughs> let's do it for real let's go first chris i think you got nominated to go first why <laughs> i don't know so you can set the tone <laughs> yeah all right i guess i don't know how i okay i don't know how i feel about this movie i loved it when I was a kid. And I think there are certainly so many wonderful things that you can still say about it. Gary Oldman, as we have said numerous times, is absolutely fantastic. I mean, even Natalie Portman and her little creepy role is really brilliant. I can see why she was cast and not just for her young age. And, uh, you know, I think everyone kind of did an outstanding job this movie is still talked about this movie is still referenced there's a lot of iconic imagery in this there are a lot of beautiful shots there's um so many funny scenes uh, but it is also a uh, creepy um love story um for pedophiles and so they try to hide that and they do a kind of a good job. Um, they did a good job for a long time because I don't, I still don't think a lot of people know the full story. And I'm sorry that I know the full story, actually. But alas, here we are. Um, it's, it's, I don't, I don't know it's why so you guys are making me do this because I just like okay. So here's say. here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> If you take out <laughs> the creepy love story, I would give this movie an eight. I think it's it's really well done. But it now, but now, once you know the story, like once you understand that this is based on a true story, once you understand that this is, you're not kind of you like because like I think at first, especially if you just see the american version you're like oh that's my dirty mind reading into it uh that's surely that would never happen no it did happen it did you're you're not reading enough into it <laughs> and so that is where uh this falls apart for me enjoying this movie so maybe i will just leave it as the way i left taxi driver last week where i don't know that you can enjoy this movie in the sense that this is very like dirty and uncomfortable, but does that mean there's nothing good there? I no, it doesn't, and and it feels weird to be like <laughs> to rank this so highly based on the covert subject material, and I guess maybe that's the whole point. That's how this was made. Was that it is so covert? If this was more focused on the love story no one would watch it this is insane right that's the next one we're gonna do <laughs> right right well but and yeah okay so actually that's a great point of view because that is the next movie we're gonna do where the creepy love story is the point 
Um, but that doesn't make it a bad movie, does it? I mean, if we're we're pranking it based on the movie and not how we feel about um, pedophiles, right? That's that's a different. Um, we don't support pedophiles here at the Movie Crew Podcast. Thanks for listening. Um, if you are one, sorry. Bye. <laughs> so I guess I'm. Yes. Goodbye. <laughs> um, I guess I'll. Leave us a five star review and fuck off. <laughs> no, wait, no, no, actually, don't, 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 don't leave don't us even, anything. Just go. You don't. You don't need. Don't even bother. And if you want to, actually, if if you want to give us a one star review because we don't support you, that is also perfectly <laughs> fine with me. You can go right ahead and do that. James um, Gunn's like, guys, I'm getting a little triggered right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to. So yeah, I, I, I'm gonna. I guess I'll stick with an eight. That this is still a very well done movie. This is a well done movie. Sticking with an eight. All right. Okay. Well, Jared, you going next? <clears throat> sure. I was very shocked when I watched this movie this week. Um, shocked by how well done it was and how cringy it was. You're right, Kristen. It, it, it's it's really hard to to say that this fucking movie's a 10. You know, this movie's fucking amazing. This movie has everything that a movie needs. It has great acting. It's fucking, like, shot really well. It has very exciting moments, and there's action, and it, it, it succeeds at everything it tries to do. Right? So it's a great movie. And I don't know if they're trying to hide that undertone in there. I think that, that the director set out to do what he did, and he got it done at the highest quality he could have done. I, I think all of his shit is in there. I think this movie is very honest filmmaking. <laughs> and it's just so weird how fucking like blatant it is and that it became what it became. It's probably the 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 biggest like did did we'll, we'll talk about this when we do Lolita, but it's interesting that did Lolita blow up like this? Like, you know, such a weird crazy fucking movie and did did it actually get so much critical acclaim? Well, this really didn't blow up big at its time. It only made like 19 million. In the I mean, States. would you call this? I think everybody cult knows classic, this movie, though? bro. I, I mean, it, yeah, yeah. It's like a cult classic. Everybody kind of knows this movie. Uh, yeah, they do. Yeah, it was because of VHS and Reynolds and HBO. I mean, it eventually like, and it's been reissued on like every fucking format. Like, I mean, even those like you know those Sony. Uh, it's a, you can even pick it up on 4K. BS, which is what I got. Vistas yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and I will tell you that the extended cut does not look as good as the uh, the actual uh, American cut in the 4K transfer. I don't know why. But some it's darker, like I don't know. Maybe they didn't spend as much time on that 4K. Uh, you know, the footage is probably not. You know what I mean? It wasn't kept in in, in storage yeah. properly. It, looks, it could have. Yeah. I don't know when they put it in. The the professional 4K uh, <laughs> uh, actually looks really good. It, it it was blowing me away with how clear it was and how pretty it was. And then when you watch the other one, it doesn't stand up. But anyways, um, we've talked it to death. It's fucking wacky. It's weird. It's uncomfortable. If that was the filmmaker's intent is to make you uncomfortable, well done, sir. You did it. I'm still going to give it a nine because it's it's fucking, god damn it, man. It's just done so well on the filmmaking side. But how dare you make me feel this way? <laughs> just ew, just creepy, man. It, it, it is, it's a struggle to get through. And, and it's just like like I said, this, this, this they will never be able to make another movie like this again. <laughs> this is definitely a time capsule I mean, of its own time. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, you can only get it on the black market if they do. <laughs> I don't know. It says, uh, has France progressed that much in the last uh, 30 years? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen a lot of French films, but uh, damn, maybe Wait, they're going wild over there. I have. They're all creepy and uncomfortable. The ones I have seen, let me rephrase that. The French films I have seen are um, creepy and uncomfortable, although they are not – they usually have women older than – they're girls older than 12, though. Hmm. They are very into – 
women, not women, girls discovering their sexuality. That is, a th- uh, I'm sure maybe other countries do it, but I have seen a, a, quite a number of French films where it is underage girls who are in sexual positions and it is it they're you know uncomfortable is uncomfortable inappropriate i don't know i don't know but then but then and that's their whole argument is like oh but boys have movies like this like don't women deserve this too and it's like yeah but you're that's not do it. We're not treating this the same way. You know, that's what Luc Besson's like uh, fiance at the time was saying. She was like, you know, like they make films like this for men. You know, like they do it for a woman. Now it's weird. And it's just like, no, it's weird when they do it for a man, too, honey. Yeah, it is weird when they do it for a man, too. It's but also when they do it for. So but I what I've noticed and this is, I think, what makes me super uncomfortable about it is when they do it. It's not done for women to sit there and go, oh, I recognize and understand and can, you know, you know, empathize with what she's going through. They do it for men to watch it. And that's what makes it really uncomfortable is this little girl is learning about her sexuality while a man is watching her like in this. And that is what makes it so uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Also, in general, you don't film that like that's weird. But, you know, but what makes it especially weird is when it's for a male audience. Um. I don't know. It, guys, look, uh, this movie has two different cuts. I think I do need to do two different ratings. I grew up on the the professional, the American version. That is how I know this movie uh, titled. That's how I rented it from Blockbuster back in the day. That's how I saw it on HBO. Um, I always recognize the, uh, the little creepiness in the American version. But, you know, I just... To be honest with you, at the time in 1994, I was like, you know, it's just those French. They just have weird definitions of love. This is obviously a father and a daughter scenario. And it's clearly, clearly, it's just, he just loves her a little too much, you know? And it's because he's not related to her. And I'm just getting weird vibes. It's it's me. It's not the movie. It's me. <laughs> it's the movie. Uh, especially after seeing this international cut. Um, and the international cut, I really, like... If you want to see a good comparison between uh, American sensibilities and French sensibilities, watch Leon the, the Professional and then watch The Professional. And you can see it very clear. I think the American version is so streamlined. I think it goes like once once you meet up with Gary Oldman's character again and Natalie Portman starts going after him, the movie flows. It's just from there on out, it's tense in its action. And they cut out all the character moments that get in the way, like all these hits that happen in between when she goes and knows where he is. And then like she doesn't do anything with that. She just goes and, and goes with Leon to do some hits. And it's boring. It's really boring. It's a boring montage. And then like I don't I don't need all these scenes with Natalie Portman getting drunk and ordering champagne. It's just it, they're awkward. They don't feel right. It's just everybody's not reacting in the scenes. It's just all bizarre. It's bizarrely staged. It's like everything. It's not just the situation like, oh, this is uncomfortable situation, but it's just all of all those scenes are handled weird, you know? And I think it's because the, all everybody that was shooting them was like, this is bizarre. And the director's like, no, this is my life. This is normal. <laughs> because even when you like, you go and like uh, his fiance, Luke Besson's fiance, who plays the blonde in the professional, she, she's like, no, this is, you know, this is my life. This is my story. And it's, I, I don't know. I think they, they were hurt when people in America laughed at some of this shit. 
they took that as like a, a slight. And I, I, I kind of got the sense that just watching those behind the scenes that she thought that her, the United States with that we were bigots because we didn't understand. It's like, no, honey, honey, we're, you're not a, you're not a big a bigot when we're saying no to pedos. I mean, like th- this is something that's innocent and you're taking it, uh, taking an innocent thing and you're sexualizing it. If you don't see the harm in that, at the, I don't, I, I don't know. I just, but that baggage aside, I'm just not a big fan of this movie. I just think it's overhyped regardless of which version you watch. I mean, number 34 on IMDb, man, that just, that breaks my fucking heart. It's right in between fucking Parasite and fucking Gladiator. And then right under Gladiator is The Lion King. Come the fuck on. You're telling me this movie's better than The Lion King? Go fuck yourself. I'm not a child. No, there's no way. Right? Yeah. yeah. Lion King's a better movie. Get the fuck out of here. I don't know. I guess a lot of there's a lot of pedos on fucking IMDb. I don't know. I'm going to give the American version, I'm going to give that a 7. I'm going to give the international version a 5 because it's not paced properly. And it's weird. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't get over that's it. Fair. It's so fucking no, that's weird. Fair. That's it doesn't fair. need to be in the movie either. You fucking it is weird. You sick fuck. It doesn't need to be here. Why is it here? Well, You make me feel bad for my rating, but I, man, it's still... A f- I, I love... The actiony stuff no, no, and the way I, this is shot, I and I think it's, I think style, as, right? as a film, it's fucking it's done really, really well. But god damn, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> but I didn't catch it when I was a kid, though. That's the thing. When yeah, I was I younger, bro, I didn't catch, bro, this when I was I didn't catch it. No, I just thought I thought it was a cool fucking movie yeah, because you guys yeah, were kids, it it, cool. and it blew my mind when I watched it this week. I was like, oh my god, this fucking movie. <laughs> well, it's because when you watch this as a kid, you're like, oh, look, I'm a child. I, 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 I want to have uh, kissy FaceTime with adults. That would be cool. Look, I'm an adult, bro. You're, you're recognizing me. I'm, my choices matter. Like, I understand that. Luke Bassan was fucking in his mid-30s when he made this. Come the fuck on. Let's see what Rotten Tomatoes has to say. I guarantee it's in the 90s. It has to be. Pivoting on the unusual relationship between seasoned hitman and his 12-year-old apprentice, a breakout turn by young Natalie Portman, Luke Besson's Leon is a stylish and oddly affecting thriller. Rotten Tomatoes certifies Leon, the professional, as fresh with a 74% tomato meter with a 95% audience score. Wow. Damn, people love this movie. But I think people love this movie because they don't, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna give people the benefit of the doubt and think they because I loved this movie until I learned more about it. No, Kristen, you loved this movie because you were a young kid and you didn't think about this stuff and it wouldn't right. have thing, well, yeah, right? Too. Okay, that's what it is. And I think when most people watch movies, they don't fucking think about what they watch. They're just like, hey, was that fun? Yeah, it was cool. People died. Like he he fell out of the ceiling and he shot and fucking Gary Oldman was screaming and fucking insane and crazy and wow, you know, this is this was exciting. There was all kinds of crazy shit. Now, oh my god, I can't, can't believe he almost got away at the end. All that stuff. But when you start looking at the subtext of it and all the dialogue of it and like just fucking And like I said, it, it it's that I think that if there hadn't been that one scene where Leon goes out into the hallway and has that moment, I think if they'd have taken that out, I think it would have played a little better as well. Yeah. Because that bit. one scene, that one little moment, it's you see that he's hopeful of it, or he's like, what? he's just he's like, holding himself back from not jumping her bones. He's bro. holding himself he's back. Holding yeah. himself yeah. back. That's what it is. Yeah. And you're just sitting there. You're like, well, wait. I understand <laughs> she's twelve, but what if she was thirteen? What if she was? Four? How 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 much are you holding yourself back here? Like, and and I think. <sighs> 
It just, it gets very uncomfortable, very fast. Well, but how how long did Luc Besson wait? He waited until she was, what, 15? 15. Yeah, yeah. so see, it's a respectable Look, age. I didn't ask her to marry me until I saw her buying tampons. Then I knew it was time. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you think that's really what it was? He, like, waited for her to become I a woman? Not. Oh, my God. I hope not. He's like, look, I, I saw the maxi pads with wings. Is it time? Will you marry me? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> In the podcast, Brian. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Jared's like we're done. <laughs> and with that, you've been listening to the Movie Crew podcast. <laughs> if you want to get in touch with us, I don't know why you would after this. <laughs> you can do so by sending us an email to moviecrewpod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at moviecrewpod. Jared, where can the audience follow you? You can find me on Instagram at CheckTheGate or on Twitter at Jared B. Callen. And Kristen, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Kristen Magdalene. That's Kristen with a K and an I. You guys can find me on Twitter at Elkins Edits, where I will be telling you that the best action film from 1994 is Speed. Fuck the professional. What are we closing out the show with? I don't know, man. I fucking hate this score. God damn it, I didn't pick anything. <laughs> Matilda's like oh. childlike theme with all the fucking xylophones. Oh, I was gonna shit. say, play the one <laughs> that where he's giving the score, uh, where he's giving the speech about how much he likes Beethoven, but it, they're not playing Beethoven. And but th- he's talking about Beethoven and how classical music is great for chaos and all of that. But again, they're not playing classical music. You can play that one. Beethoven, oh, but that's that stupid drum shit. Um, we're gonna play- random then. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to play – we're going to close out the show with uh, Ballad for Matilda. This is from the Leon Professional soundtrack from composer Eric Serra. Thank you for ruining GoldenEye. Enjoy. Enjoy.